Good morning and welcome to the very first episode of the Kaleidoscope FM podcast. I'm your host, Francesca Meffert, and today we're going to be talking about my story. I'm not actually sure why I said we there because um, it's just going to be me flying solo, <laughs> um, but hopefully uh, that engages you. So, But before I go into a bit about my story, I want to start us off with why I decided to start this podcast, which is linked to my story. So a bit about me. Uh, I have struggled with and am now overcoming an eating disorder for the past roughly, I think, 12 years of my life. Um, And what I realized in the last several months when I feel like I really began healing from this was that There are so many people out there that struggle and think that they're alone. And I just want to say that I was that person until recently. And it blows my mind to think that there are other people out there who are struggling alone and in silence. And what I really wanted to do was kind of bring a light to others to show you're not alone. You are struggling and I know you're struggling. I've been there. Everyone's been there. Everyone has struggles. But just know that whatever you're struggling with, you are not alone. And that kind of goes into why I wanted to start this podcast and what I hope to bring to the table in the next several episodes going forward sort of how I used to feel and think and how that has radically changed over the last several months and what I sort of wish I could go back and tell my former self. And that is the basis for starting this podcast and hopefully what comes in the next few episodes. Uh, Well, that is what I have planned. (laughs) So hopefully there's something that like you learn or you can take away or even if you just like listening to my voice for whatever reason I don't uh you know how everyone is used to hearing their voice from just listening to themselves and they actually hear themselves recorded and they're like wow that's what I sound like so (laughs) hopefully that is okay with you like my voice that you naturally hear whereas it obviously sounds different to me but I don't know why I went down that tangent. I'm just a little bit nervous from the first episode, but uh, and also kind of talking about my story. So yeah, what I already talked about briefly was I had and am now overcoming an eating disorder for about 12 years. And so to start with my story, I suppose it started when I was in middle school. And I don't entirely remember what my mind frame was at the time, but I desperately convinced my mom to help me get a treadmill off Craigslist. And I remember it was the last several months of my eighth year in middle, uh, middle school for, um, in the United States. And I, every day would come home and exercise. I was on the treadmill for three or four hours a day at least, probably jogging, walking, just watching shows the entire time. And I lost about 50 pounds, I think, in three months, which if anyone, like in 
like the health industry knows that that is incredibly, incredibly unhealthy and not sustainable. And it wasn't just that, but I was also being incredibly restrictive with my food intake. And if there was ever any quote unquote bad food that I ate, such as like unhealthy chocolate or something like that, I would literally say, oh, I can eat this chocolate if I do 50 sit-ups or something like that. So incredibly unhealthy and sustainable. And I ended up gaining it all back in high school and then some. And then that's high school. And then going into my college years is when I started binging so much. Uh, And I think that was a backlash of the overly restrictive mindset I had put myself in before. And something I want to briefly mention is how I feel the word binge in our society is used far too frequently and with not the right context. So let me just say that a binge for a person with binge eating disorder means that you feel completely out of control as if someone is compelling you to eat until you feel unwell. And for anyone who has not experienced this, to describe it to someone, uh, quote unquote, normal, um, the best way I can liken it to is a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction where intellectually you know that you do not want to do this, but you feel you have to do it anyway. And that's the problem because it becomes a habit and then habits are so hard to break. And we don't always know what triggers us. So anyway, I had terrible binge eating disorder. And at some point in college started to, sorry, uh, I should maybe preface this uh, episode with a trigger warning. Um, there, There's talk of bulimia in this. Um, so I'm sorry if this is triggering to anyone. Feel free to not listen to this if this triggers you in any way. But... So going into my college years, I had terrible binge eating disorder and I also started to have a touch of bulimia. I would make myself sick. And then I would go through phases of, I I was never the type to do it every day. Like some, I know some people have, because that's, that's another thing. There are so many things that I want to talk about in this episode, but I already have them planned out for different episodes, but Maybe one takeaway that I do want to comment on in this episode, which will, I think, be helpful, is to mention the fact that we can talk about eating disorders such as binge eating or anorexia or bulimia. And the thing is, I think why I didn't get help and I struggled for so long is because I always assumed that you had to, quote unquote, tick every box for the specific eating disorder for it to like qualify. And so I should also mention that I am self-diagnosed, but what I've learned in my healing journey is that an eating disorder is so unique to each individual. And I think how I once heard someone phrase it is it's as unique to each individual as your fingerprint. And you can kind of be in different boats of eating disorders and still it it qualifies your your suffering and your pain and all of that is valid um even if you don't 
check one box. If you're checking a few boxes of one and, and a few boxes of the other, that's that's still having a horrible disordered relationship with food. And so then I I never really attributed my my struggles with being in an eating disorder. I always just thought that it was because I couldn't control myself. I couldn't deal with food because I was lacking in self-control and all these other things that society kind of breeds in our minds through diet culture. And so for the longest time, I just felt that I personally struggled. And I also, I think I uh, struggled a lot because this is also going to be very um, an intimate thing to talk about. But for me, I had horrible, horrible acne on not just my face, like as a teen, but growing up, I would historically get it on my back, my legs, my arms, my thighs. And that was something so traumatizing to me because my experience with that, I would go to doctors and they would just say it was due to puberty. But I was growing older into my late teens up through 18, 19, 20. And I think at 21, was when I went to a doctor because I had gotten acne on my legs, which for normal healthy adults does not happen. And I was just so frustrated and thinking, why is this happening? And I went to a doctor who straight up was like, yo, I got no idea. She obviously didn't say it like this, but I just want to say the sassiness because that's like how I think of it when I think back on it. But she's just said to me, yo, I got no idea what the hell's up with you. So I'm sending you to a dermatologist. <laughs> and so I went to a dermatologist finally. And the dermatologist, I was 21 at the time. And she said, you know, I think you have PCOS. Now that stands for P, for, wow, <laughs> stands, stands for polycystic ovary syndrome, which essentially, if you don't know what that is, just means that I have a uh, hormone imbalance where I have a bit more testosterone in my body, which means that uh, I was much more prone to getting really bad acne. I'm a bit more prone to being more overweight due to something with insulin. I am by no means a scientist, but that's what I figured out when I looked it up. And uh, it has to do with like uh, something with insulin. It's it, You're kind of sort of similar to diabetes in some ways. Um, and you are more prone to getting diabetes because of it. Um, and also like having a regular period. So there are different conditions associated with it and it's a lifelong condition and it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's curable, but you can sort of, um, uh, find ways to quote unquote treat it, if that makes sense to kind of, cause there's a spectrum of, it can, it can range from lower to higher degrees of how kind of, prominent it is in your body that's the best way I can describe it I'm by no means a science person but I wanted to throw that in there because for me once I was finally diagnosed with PCOS then I thought oh this is the reason that I'm so effed up um I'm just gonna start I'm gonna I'm gonna say like during episodes I'll probably swear I'm just gonna talk like how I would to a friend because that is the whole point of this podcast and I want people to feel like they are not alone in their struggles and I just feel like if I was talking in more of a not 
me manner it won't come across authentic and i'm just gonna be myself so i'm gonna drop some swear words from time to time <laughs> but um getting back to my story so once i was diagnosed with pcos that's when i thought oh so this is why I can't lose weight. And this is why I'm like so uh, crazy around carbs and sweets. Uh, and for the longest time, I felt like that was my problem. And then I tried looking into ways to solve PCOS and it just didn't help. And then I remember that kind of, uh, I went through phases of thinking I'll try and like fix my PCOS and then I'll like lose weight and be thin and like everything will be happy in life because that's what we're taught to believe that if we're thin and perfect then uh life is just a breeze but that is not the case so anyway uh that kind of from 21 up until about several months ago uh that was kind of my thinking and then I read a book specifically about PCOS excuse me where it essentially said that I had to cut out dairy, gluten, soy, uh, like pretty much like, every, like you can't have plastic in your life. You can't be stressed too much. It essentially just told me so many things that I had to do if I wanted to quote unquote, like control my PCOS that it was just too much. And so then I remember trying to cut out dairy and gluten but spoiler alert about me I don't know why I just said spoiler alert. it's not a spoiler alert but I'm half Italian and I love me my parmesan cheese okay <laughs> and that is not something that you can get a good version of dairy free uh, or pretzel bread love my pretzel bread <laughs> and so there are certain things I was able to find decent alternatives to of dairy and gluten but overall that restriction ended up making me binge so much harder on the foods that I quote unquote shouldn't have so then my binge eating I think I don't know if I would say it got worse it was consistently always there um and just like for context I was binge binging anywhere from one to like four times a week I suppose uh and then that's when this summer, this past summer, uh, summer of 2020, the dumpster fire year, um, <laughs> that's when I started working with a registered dietitian on this week's six-week program of counting macros. And that actually I found incredibly helpful. And I felt like everything was going great. I was losing weight so quickly. And I felt super great about myself. But when I stop and look back on it, the reason I was feeling so great about myself was because I was drinking like the appropriate amount of water I should be. I was working out and I felt very strong. I was sleeping well I was eating very nutrient nutrient dense foods and pretty much like all the 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 reasons that you end up losing weight but like that makes you feel good in your body uh and then consequently about yourself because I felt like I had very good self-discipline at the time as well uh and the reason I lost weight so quickly was because I was working one-on-one -on -one with a coach and didn't want her 
uh, to be, to like see my binges. But like, even with that said, I would still binge just because it was such an ingrained habit in me that for the days that I didn't binge, when I did binge, I still had like a higher caloric intake, obviously. But like, if you were to average out all of my calories, they were still substantially lower than before I started the macros. Because macros is another form of dieting. But that being said, it I'm not trying to throw shade on macro coaching. I found it super helpful because it taught me what nutrients were in certain foods and how that responds in my body. And I find that super helpful that I don't feel is taught in school, which is crazy to me because that is literally what makes our bodies function. Um, so at least I personally did not have that experience growing up of learning about macronutrients or micronutrients or just nutrients in general to fuel your body. But that was a great experience for me. And I, at the end of that coaching with that particular coach, uh, she told me I wanted to continue coaching with her because I felt it was working for the first time in my life. I was finally losing weight and it felt so easy to, to most respects. And she told me that she kind of, I, I forget like how she worded it, but it was some, something to do with, she noticed that I was still sort of binging and that I might have more deep underlying issues related to the binges. Uh, and I think I had also told her like, oh, your, your course has been so helpful for my relationship with food. And then she pointed out like, this isn't meant to be helping your relationship with food. Like I'm like, that, 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 well, that wasn't the point. <laughs> um, and once she kind of, uh, so when she said like I, that to me, I really reflected back on myself and thought, you know, she's right. I've had this issue for when I really thought about it, like I've had a binge eating issue for so, so long. And I think why I stopped viewing it as an issue was because years ago I used to get so negative about myself and hate myself so much after binges. And then at some point I realized that that negativity and self-hate towards myself won't get me anywhere. And was only making things worse. And so at some point a few years ago, I think is when I told myself, you're not going to feel horrible about yourself after a binge, just get back up and do better the next day. And that's what I did for the next several years where if I had a binge, I would maybe have a brief moment of like feeling terrible about myself, but then I would just tell myself, just do better tomorrow. Just tomorrow's a new day. And when I would inevitably binge again, I was still kind of, I don't know, I don't want to phrase it in like caught in like positivity self loop because that was definitely not the case. But I would force myself to sort of forget the binge in order to be positive and move on and try and do better. But the binges were so, such an ingrained habit in me that they kept happening and I didn't realize until this coach externally kind of said you know like this is a consistent thing in your life which um you clearly need to kind of sort out <laughs> and I was so like at first I remember feeling so sad that she wasn't accepting me because I was like I was finally losing weight but then when I really thought about it I was like that 
I need to heal this within myself in order to finally like just heal. <laughs> so, and that's what, and then she referred me to another registered dietitian and that dietitian is specifically an intuitive eating kind of coach who helps people heal their relationship with food and feel more comfortable in their bodies. And that was a 12 week program that I started, uh, I think, I think in September maybe. Um, but I went full in, I decided to not, cause you're not meant to, for anyone who has not heard of it, <laughs> And that's the thing. I hadn't ever even heard of into quote unquote intuitive eating until a few months ago. And what's so funny about it is uh, intuitive eating is literally eating like how everyone is meant to eat. But the fact that there's so many diets out there like intermittent fasting or the keto diet or things like different ways of eating intuitive eating, then sounds like another quote-unquote diet but it's literally just eating as if you were a child which is eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full and eating whatever you want but because your body already knows what it wants like yeah maybe you might want a little piece of chocolate but your body's naturally going to stop like after it knows the right amount and so intuitive eating I found a quote which I thought was hilarious if not for diet culture intuitive eating would literally just be eating uh which is hilarious but um so yeah if you don't know what intuitive eating is and you struggle with food look that up because that is going to save your life um so yeah, that's a bit about me. And then, yeah, when I finished with my registered dietitian, I started this new program, um, which is called like Food Freedom. And it is more of a community-based program with a bunch of other women who struggle with this. And I remember hopping onto a coaching Zoom call for the first time and literally seeing other people who have had binge eating disorder and just struggles with food in their body on the call, asking questions to a coach about their issues and their struggles. And I remember feeling like when Tarzan meets humans for the first time and he's just like, holy shit, there's other, there's whole other things of my own species out there. <laughs> Uh, it was the most flabbergasting moment for me. I, I literally was like, whoa, there's more of me. Wow. <laughs> um, because literally for years and years, I never told anyone. I just struggled by myself thinking that it was just my own personal issue. And then I realized in the last like few months, once I finally started going more into intuitive eating and finally realizing that what I had was essentially binge eating disorder I was like wow there there's more of me out there and I'm not just the the one that can't control myself um and so it really began the healing process for me and so that is currently where I'm at where I have not been binging for the last several weeks and I'm much more cognizant around food in like a very like happy and neutral way which is how it's meant to be and so as I look back on the last although 2020 was a terrible year for so many of us for me personally it was 
an incredible year of growth. And I also was so happy that I had that time to finally realize and reflect and heal from something that at the time I didn't even know was a problem I needed to fix with myself. So I think that kind of summarizes my story up until now. And so for the next several episodes moving forward, I wanted to talk about the things that I realized in the last probably half year of my now healing journey that I wish that I had known in the past. And I want to kind of talk from a frame of reference to my former self that was in that mindset and headspace of I'm never going to get fixed. I'm always going to have these struggles. I cannot find someone who will help me. Maybe I'm just not someone who can get help because like something's wrong with me and all those thoughts that at the time felt so true and so valid, but I just hadn't found the right help yet. I hadn't found the other people. My, I hadn't found my other species yet, if that makes sense. And that's another reason for starting this podcast, because the louder my quote unquote species gets, the more other species out there like Tarzan uh, will realize you're not alone. There's a whole community of us and we are here to support and love you. So I'm going to conclude this episode. I feel I probably talked your socks off. And in the next, ne wow, <laughs> in the next episode, I'll, I, hmm, TBD, I already have like 18 or 19 ideas of things that I want to share that I think would be hugely beneficial to talk about, but I'm not sure what I'm going to start with next. So I'm just going to leave it as a mystery. So yeah, that has been my story and I will catch you in the next episode. Well, Hopefully I do. If you want to stick around and listen to me talking some more. But yeah, that's it from me. All right, I'm ending this episode of the Kaleidoscope FM podcast now.